Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show today. I'm Hyper. I'm Haas. Today we're going to be covering a few more topics. We're going to be considering some football. Yes, the AFC and NFC title games. The controversy in both of those games. Yes, but you know that leads us to the Super Bowl. So we'll uh, we'll touch on both those games a little bit in our podcast today. Also, we'll be talking about muscle cars. Yes, man, they're making a comeback, dude. I'm telling you, muscle you know, cars are making a comeback for fun, sure. Fun times ahead for us. Oh yeah. We'll also be even talking about some cool tech. VR suits that you can wear. Like in Ready Player One? Absolutely. Yes. Well, we got a lot to show you guys, so let's get it started and we'll start talking about football. Yes. Football. Right? That's like, that's like the intro to the A Team. <laughs> Whatever. Roll it. Did you watch football on Sunday? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Both games were equally disappointing, in my opinion, my humble opinion. Okay. Now I will say the the Pats, uh, Patriots, and K- uh, Kansas City Chiefs. That game was neck and neck. It was a great game, but I wouldn't say neck and neck. I mean, it was not even. It, it got it went to overtime. Okay, but what was the score in the third quarter? Yeah, they they made it. They rallied. The Chiefs that the Chiefs that weren't scoring at all. Yeah. yeah, they rallied. But you know, it's it wasn't at least like a blowout like like it was against the Falcons, and then they turn around and come yeah. back in the last twenty minutes of the game. What it seemed like. I don't remember. It was something crazy like that. AFC game, Patriots mm-hmm. and the Chiefs. Kind of want to get into that. Okay, let's start first with that. because you know it was the AFC game, right? Yeah, the AFC Championship okay. is um, uh, and as great and game. It's not a spoiler because it's over now. Right, great and, game. Yeah, great game. Patrick Mahomes did an amazing job. Um, the Patriots defense was unstoppable. I mean, these guys they were. Did, Chiefs could not score. They, yeah. they were able to score at every home game in the right. first half all season, and then they got stopped. So I was kind of afraid because, I mean, I'm a Patriots fan. Mm-hmm. Okay, Everyone knows that. Right. I was born in Springfield, Massachusetts. My dad's a Patriots fan. You know, I grew up love, you know, loving the Patriots. But I'm kind of, kind of getting sick and tired of seeing Tom Brady win. Okay. Well, you know, when he yeah. does win, I'm I'm impressed. I mean, I'm still impressed that he did what he did. Yeah. But I'm just like, give somebody else a chance. Okay. Yeah, be, exactly. be done. You know. Exactly. Yeah. That game was insane. That was it was insane. They were stopping the Chiefs. Chiefs came back. Patrick Mahomes did his thing. Twenty eight points in the fourth quarter. And Tom Brady, you can't give the guy two minutes, man. No, you can't. You can't. Now, the thing that seemed to work better for Kansas City was when they did their no huddle. Yeah, and also the short pass. Yeah, the short pass, their no huddle. It was like they were able to do the quick 10-yard plays. And, you know, in the fourth, was it in the, the end of the third quarter and most of the fourth quarter, they just they walked right down the field. They were going, man. Yeah. They were such on a, on a good rhythm, you know, and I just I hated the fact that it ended the way it did, especially when – they were up by three, two or three points. Yeah, they were up by three. They and they then made one a of the defensive call. linemen. Yeah, 
was in the neutral zone off of a deflected pass okay, that yeah. got intercepted. That's right. I'm like, dude, I mean, I was like, I was so excited. I was like, yes, the Chiefs are going to go. They're yes. going to win. And then there was a flag, and I was like, you got to be kidding he, me. He came back. But he was so upset. But then on the flip side, they had time. They had time before they kicked the field goal. And then it, right. it seemed like they they tested out whether they could get downfield or not. And right. then they said, well, we're not going to have enough time, so we kicked a field goal. And like uh, I think they, I think you said they had like 11 seconds left. Well, the Patriots tied it up. Right. So then it went into overtime. Was it the Patriots that tied up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Chiefs, so I was just saying, the Chiefs were up in the fourth quarter. They were okay. up. That's right. They went for the, they went for the, um, they went for the touchdown and didn't get it. Or the, now I'm getting confused. Okay. So it's the fourth quarter. Right. And the, the Chiefs are up. Right. Oh, they, and okay. the Patriots yeah. have the ball. I think I'm confusing that with the um, the Saints. Because remember, the game. the Chiefs were behind. They yeah. scored a touchdown, so now they're up because the lead change was like four or five times in the fourth quarter. That's so right. Here come the That's Patriots, right. or you know, they're, they're coming down the field. I'm like, crap! You can't give Brady two minutes. He's gonna score. Yeah. Tom Brady throws the pass. It gets deflected. Then it gets intercepted by the Chiefs. I'm like, great, game over. Chiefs won. Chiefs are going to Super Bowl. I'm excited. Right. Because I want to see somebody else other than Tom Brady. Here comes the flag. Yep. Lined up. Lined up in. Lineman was in the neutral zone. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. So then here comes Brady, and then boom, they tied it with a field goal. So here we go in overtime. Did you you see the, 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 I don't know if it was a joke or if it was legit. It was on uh, Wikipedia. And under his stats, there was like an asterisk under there. It was known for lining up in the neutral zone during the playoffs game. (laughs) It's his rookie year, man. I know, but still, you know, it's just but the guy you're a professional a, athlete. The guy had a great year, and unfortunately, all he's going to be known about is that one. But you have play. one job, yeah. I, mean, I don't understand. Like you're a professional athlete, you're getting yes. paid millions of dollars. Yeah. Well, learn where to line up, man. Exactly. And so when you look at it, you know, it's like this is the Super Bowl. Your rookies are doing this is good. It. Do you do you let your rookies line up on those plays, or do you pull? If the out guy your hasn't veterans? made a mistake all season. Yeah. Then sure, yeah. but man, I was just. And then okay, so here we go. Overtime, right? Yeah. Now here's another thing. I, I hate it. Overtime rules in the postseason are horrible. I agree. Because I like the way college does it. Now well, yeah. during the season, I understand the tie thing. That's fine, you yes. know. But at least still give each side a chance. Right. And if they tie after that, fine. Tie game. But don't make it where if you win the coin toss, then, you know, a, a touchdown wins. I Make it equal for each side. Right. And if the other side scores the touchdown, okay, fine. Tie game. Everyone go home. Right. But in the postseason, sudden, if one side makes a touchdown. Only if you make a touchdown. Well, no. I don't. I, I, that, that's the rule now. That's the rule I don't now, like yeah. it. If one side gets a touchdown, the other side has to try to match it. If one side makes a field goal and you make a touchdown, you win. If the other side makes a field goal and you make a field goal, you keep going. Well, tr- go again. Do right. do it one more time, and no no time on the clock. Just make it where you know there's the there's the play clock, but not actual time. Just give each side an opportunity to score. This is my opinion. I think this is how it should work. So if you go and you make a field goal, this side makes a field goal tie. Go again, and if you both make a field goal, you just got to keep going to whoever makes a touchdown. Because at, at this point, it's done. Right. Or option B. If you make a field goal, this side makes a field goal, and then you make a touchdown, they make a touchdown, then it goes to sudden death with field goals. 
place the kickers at the 20, 25, 30, 35, and just keep making them kick until they miss. Kind of like in <laughs> soccer. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like the way the soccer overtime thing is kind of yeah. ran. Now, I'm not too familiar with soccer, but okay, I, so I know Okay, so in soccer, you know, if it's 1-1, they'll play another 15 minutes. And if it's still tied after that, I think they play another 10 minutes or they just go to penalty kicks. Right. So, you know, each side gets six kicks, and whoever wins, wins. And then if it's still tied after that, then it's just whoever ne- whoever misses next. I think in football, it should be down to where if each side s- tries to score and they score the same thing, go ahead and place the kickers on the field and just start kicking field goals to see who misses. You know, maybe yeah. the best out of four or the best out of five and just see, you know, who can make. And I'm talking about with the line and everything. Just put everybody out there, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be more exciting, don't you think? It it would be because it would give you, it would give you consistent play. Because the idea is if it's almost like when you win the coin toss, you instantly have like a seventy five percent chance of winning. Yeah, especially with Tom Brady, man. Yeah, and they won. They won the coin on toss. a field goal or on a touchdown. Yeah, they just marched down the field through it, and that was it. You see the look that Tom Brady had, and over he was sitting there, and he was just like laser focused. Oh yeah, and I and I and I saw all the memes online, but I saw him, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, this guy is gonna win." Yeah, he has the he has that look. He's and, yeah. the, and what is, I think what he's doing is he's in his head, and he's going through scenarios. Right. He's just like, okay, what happens if I do this, 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 this? And the guy's a professional athlete. Right. Now he's a pro, and I don't care how many people want to deflate gate. Bring yeah, up the yeah. pass and video recordings, whatever. The guy is still an athlete. Mm-hmm. He's still kicking your butt. Yeah. You give the guy two minutes, and he was like, boom. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, he's 3-0 and in the postseason yeah, against every is. other team. He is. But he's 0-3 versus uh, Peyton Manning. Really? He's never beaten Peyton Manning. He never will. So, sorry about that. <laughs> but anyways, so, you know, I just think that the overtime rules in the postseason in the NFL need to change. For sure, because right. it's. Not, I don't think it's fair to just give one side the opportunity. I mean, Patrick Mahomes was on fire. You know, yeah, what if yeah. he came out and he scored a touchdown? Exactly. It's like, okay, you're not fine. You matched it. Now let's go to kickers. Right. You know, I think that'd be a lot more exciting. It would be. It would be different. Um, like you said, if they did it more like what the college college does it, I think it would. Yeah, but college can have like six or seven overtimes, and that's yeah. that's even during the regular season. It's like no, move on. Well, just you know? the idea. Just the idea. Okay. First, both of them can get the same score first off the bat. Like, let's say you have to score, but the other guy gets the chance. Because that's the way it used to be. Right. So if you once score, they get to field goal, one guy takes a touchdown, the touchdown wins. Well, no. Let's say let's say that the first two team the the first two scores, if they're uneven, whoever has the higher score wins. Obviously. Right. That's what I'm saying. So if once but, that kicks a field goal, let's say it's a touchdown, then the touchdown automatically wins. Let's say that because it used to be if you get a touchdown. The other team got a chance to get a touchdown, and then it was whoever got the first field goal wins. I think, in, and yeah, it, well, and, no, I think in college is the same way where yes. if one side gets a field goal and the other side gets a field goal, then it's a sudden death. Then it's yes. just whoever scores next. Yes, and that's and I think that's for well, no, over, that can't be. Right. Oh, yes, that's right. For overtime, I think that that is a more balanced way because, like I said, that coin toss it's instantly in the person's favor who wins the coin toss. Out of fairness, of course. When you talk about fairness, it seems like 
from when I was a kid, the NFL has changed so much. Oh, yeah. The because, game has definitely changed. Because now, now they practically want you to lay out a cot and lay the quarterback down on it whenever you sack him. I mean, you can't... You, you can't hit him too low. You can't hit him too low. You, know. you can't hit him in the helmet at all. And then, like, once he lets go of the ball, they expect you to magically be aware that the ball is out of his hand and if you take two steps and hit him... Wrong. But I get player safety. Like well, I, mean, yeah. I've, I've, I mean, I've played organized football. I know that it can be tough, and it's yeah, it's, it's a very fast physical. game. Yeah, it's it's crazy. <clears throat> but you got to understand, how old were you when you played? Oh, I was, you know, 13, 14, 15. All right, and you know, the size of thirteen and fourteen year olds. When you have pads on, you can take a hit. I was I was playing guys your size in high yeah. school. You but, know, but the thing is, is we're talking pros. Pro level. Yeah, I mean these guys and are these three, four hundred pounds. These guys have helmets that are designed to to withstand like a thirty or forty mile an hour impact. They're they're insane the technology they have in the helmets. They're area. still getting brain damage though. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, but um, I just think the overtime rules need to change. I think it needs to just get more exciting or give an equal opportunity to to each player. Okay, so on the flip side, AFC title game. Yeah, Saints. And the Rams, Saints and the Rams. Um, I love Drew Brees. He's always he's, been a big fan. He's, he's been he did really good this year. Guys, definitely and an, an, an a Hall of Famer for sure. Definitely a Hall of Famer. But it's like I feel every year they're getting the short end of the stick by some bad call yeah. or some bad officiating. And I tell you what, there was a definite case of bad officiation, and I think that everybody in that stadium that saw that play would agree he was going he was on track to get the ball and we're talking about the saints uh, receiver and here one of the rams comes and hits helmet to helmet now you, i think you said that he got fined yeah he he for, got he got fined today he for the helmet to the helmet NFL. but it wasn't that he hit helmet to helmet it was a flagrant personal foul because he didn't have the ball wasn't near him, he he laid him out, and then on top of it, it was interfering with the pass. He wasn't he wasn't trying to reach for the ball. He wasn't turned around looking up, and hit him. He just straight up hit he him before the up, ball. He, the ball was still. He laid him the out. The ball was behind him. When the he guy hit him. the guy flipped over practically. So now now you see this and everybody's standing up like where is the penalty flag? Because you had Sean Payton was so oh, mad man. man. He you, was just I so thought upset. that guy's head was gonna pop off. He looked like a tomato. <laughs> but I mean he's he's for good reason you had possibly two flags on the play. At least. You know, personal foul, unnecessary roughness is what I would have called for the helmet to helmet. And then on top of that, pass interference. I mean the one would have got the ball right where he would have been, and the other one would have gave him a 15-yard first down. So that would have that would have given the Rams a huge advantage, and I think that they would have won. Yeah, man, I just I don't know. I'm I'm really upset about that, you know. And it's like even with the even and wasn't even just that play. Even it was even before that call, just the whole game. Yeah, it was very inconsistent when it came to the calls okay. in the game. And uh, like I said, it was in the fourth quarter. I mean, with with just fifteen seconds left, it's tied twenty three twenty three. Right. You know, and of course, here come the Saints in overtime. You know, and they're they're trying to do their thing, and and Breeze is just throwing down the ball, but there's no 
and the calls are being made in overtime, but mm-hmm. it's like too late. It's just too late already. Right. I don't know. I just I I really wish that they would get more consistent in the NFL when it comes yeah. to like if if they if they if they show the replay, yeah, and there's like a flagrant foul, the umpire should be able to at least the head ref should be able to say, "Hey, that's a foul or that's a flagrant foul." Right. You know, you well, missed the call. It, 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 but they're not it, able to do that. It, it also makes you wonder if the entire team, let's say the the officiating crew, if it seems like there's a little bit of bias. You told me something about that. I, know, I haven't read anything about it because I didn't look into it that much. I I overheard. Now whether <laughs> overheard. well, I'm I'm just gonna say it this okay. way because I'm I I'm not gonna say if it's factual or not, but. One of the if the, one of the people making the calls used to live in L.A. and used to play for the Rams. Now, whether he played as a a, a simple position or not, but you know I can't verify that. I, I I was told that, but if that was the case, if that was the case, I don't see how the NFL could have let something like that slip through and possibly influence a game like this. You know, because usually they're pretty good about that. You know, because usually they they're like, okay, did you ever play for any like little league teams when you were growing up? And if they say yes, yeah, they do like an extensive any, background anything check. in your hometown you can't officiate for. Like even if even if those people come to Atlanta for the Super Bowl, even if you were grown up hometown Atlanta, they might have feelings about whether you'd officiate there, even if the two teams are not from Atlanta. So. It comes down to this. Let's say there's a call like that that's obviously bad. I think there should be a second official that can come out and say, I support the decision made or I don't support the decision made. Or like they said, they brought up the idea of should a, um, a coach be able to challenge like a, a, a bad call, like a pass interference call or not a not something that wasn't called. I know a lot of the things get reviewed or get you know called from the booth or whatever, but I don't. Th- I think that's going to get too, because coaches see one thing and right. umpires see a different thing, or referees see a different thing. Right. I think the game will slow down if you do that, because then now you're just challenging bad yeah, calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I think I think it's part of the whole game. I think it's part of it. You know, having that kind of officiating crew. Yeah. But. I just I just think it needs to be more consistent. I don't know, I don't know how to do that without, you know, using maybe technology, but how does technology work into an NFL, you know, making bad calls, you know? Like yeah, if you hit helmet to helmet at a certain rate, does does the helmet start to light up red? Oh, okay, that's flagrant. You know? I I think that's just I don't know. I think it's going to come down to maybe better training or I don't know. But it just needs to change. Something needs to change in the NFL when it comes to calls and and making um uh making better calls or making more consistent calls and you know the rules need to change too. They're 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 too there's too many gray areas in the rules. Right. And then uh Goodell is like quiet throughout this whole thing. I don't think he's made a single statement about what happened in the NFC game or in the AFC game. But this this whole thing about bad officiation. Yes. The last time there was something that was almost this bad was back in 2001. 2001, you had the Cleveland Browns 
and the Jacksonville Jaguars. They were playing a game, and this is the game that the NFL wants you to forget, basically. They were playing a game, and it came down to, I I can't remember who had the ball, but simply a play was made, and they immediately got up, they called it a first down, and they made the second play. Okay, so that play is invalid. A flag was thrown. Okay. They came out. And they they ruled on the previous play. You can't do that. That the ball was incomplete. When was this, 2001? Yeah, it was fourth fourth down. So the other team got the ball. That's weird. They were like, no, you made the call. You said it was a first down. A play was made. Whatever happened. So now it's second and whatever. Yeah. (coughs) It would have been second and, yeah, it would have been second and something. But the thing was is... Now, now they're into the next play. You can't. Was go the flag back. thrown before? No, it was thrown for a different reason. But they they said, "Oh, wait a minute." That oh, other that's not good. And then guess what happens? The fans start throwing beer bottles. Oh, I remember that game. And cups I remember on the field, and it got to the point where where basically the umps they got up and they said, "The game is over." So whatever the score was, that was the fin- that was the final score. Wow. They left. Well, there was like two or three minutes on the clock. The the NFL, like, I don't know who the commissioner of the NFL yeah. or whatever, they said, you got to go back on the field. Ooh. The, the players. You got to go back on the field and you got to finish the game. Yeah, I, I and, can see that. And literally the way they finished the game was they went out, kneeled the ball down, and ran the clock out. There was wow. that was that much time left or something like that. See, man, I mean, that's, what, 13, 18 years ago, 17 years ago. So I know the game has changed for sure. I just think it needs to change as far as overtime rules, and I think officiating or bad calls or no calls or need to be more consistent. I think Goodell needs to to address the gray areas in football. Yeah. And I think, like I said, I think it would be more exciting if we changed up the overtime rules for sure, especially in the postseason. During the season, who cares? If they tie, tie, whatever, move on. Like, well, what Super Bowl is this? Is it like 50, 53, 52? After 53, 52, 53, whatever it is. The game has changed. Don't it's get me just, wrong. It's not just that it's changed. You've had enough games to know all these weird things that come up. Well, the thing is, it's not, it's not just him either. You know, you got to think about player safety. You got to yeah. think about, yeah. you know. Well, I mean, like when it first started, they weren't really wearing the helmets that they're wearing now. They, yeah, they, some of them didn't even have face skin, masks. yeah. So it's yeah, I can understand as technology gets better things are going to change. But when it comes down to it, you, you can't you Mr. Can't. Goodell, if you ever listen to this podcast, do me a favor <laughs> and just uh take some word of advice from uh from fans, man. You got to do something. Yeah. And you got to do something cuz this is getting out of hand. And if the technology is there, use it but don't let it affect the heritage of the game. That's gonna be don't, hard to do. Don't take the officials out. They'll figure make something them out. Better I officials. Doubt, <laughs> they'll figure something out. I doubt that the NFL will ever die off. It's not gonna be a dying sport. But I, I think just like I said, I don't think something needs to change. Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. Well, hey, I wanted to change up the subject a little bit here. Um, what do you What do you think about? Uh, what's your opinion on some of these new muscle cars coming out? I think muscle cars are making a comeback. When I was a kid in the 80s, so were you, or like early 90s, what was a very cool muscle car to you? Oh, man. I think it was the 
Camaro. Okay. Yeah. But it, what 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 year Camaro? Well, it was definitely older. Okay. It was like the 60s model. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, super you know, like sport. for me, it was like the 69 Mach 1, yeah. you know, the Boss 302, you know, the Shelby, you know, the, the Shelby yeah. GT, you know, especially, you know, G28, GTOs, you know, those classic muscle cars. Right. Because the new ones were out and no one cared. Right. You exactly. know, it wasn't there. It, the nostalgic reason for, for those cars wasn't there. And I, you know, I think I think with everybody being overly concerned about the environment nowadays, and it, it's a good concern. Yeah. Um, but I dare say that the efficiency of the newer muscle cars are way better than the older ones. Yeah. The, well, but I mean, between exhaust emissions, how efficient the cars run, and all that kind of stuff, they're they're way better than what they used to be. Yeah. Fifties, sixties, and seventies, no one cared about the environment, so they were just making big engines and oh, big yeah, yeah. big noise, big sound, and then right right off the factory floor. Right. Exactly. But in the eighties and nineties, everyone got constant about you know miles per gallon and saving the earth, and the cars were just designed horribly. They weren't popular. So yeah, I, I just think you know in the eighties and nineties the 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 muscle cars, it wasn't there. Even in the early 2000s, it was kind of exciting, you know, the, the new Mustang and right. the Camaro. And, you know, the Trans Am was, I think, my favorite in the, you know, 90s, early 2000s. You okay. know, the, 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 the Ram Air Pontiac Trans Am. Yes. You know, that yes. was, that was, that looked like a muscle car. Well, another you know, the, thing. The Z28, you know, Camaro. Another thing I want to ask you about muscle cars. To you, did muscle cars change when the body style started to becoming more aerodynamic? Because there was something about, like, the Barracuda. It had that, I mean, it was still sleek on the top, but it's got, it had very sharp edges. Yeah. And, like, um, like the Chevy Nova, some of those really older cars, the look that those cars had, they gave it character. But, like, all the cars now, even the muscle cars now... They're all rounded and they have more aerodynamics and it helps. Yeah. But it's like part of it, it kind of takes away from what a muscle car looked like. They I were think, just big cars. Yeah. You know? I, I think, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, you know, the muscle car was, it was big. It was heavy. You know, it had yeah. a lot of power. It was raw. You know, it was, it was exciting. Well, yeah. It was the fact that you have a two-ton car that could get up and go like yeah. nobody's business. So now in the 90s and early 2000s, everyone's concerned about the economy yeah. and they're worried about the environment. And, and then, then they're trying to make the cars, they're yeah. designing them to look, to appeal to right. everybody. Well, it wasn't just that, but like y- you and I talked last week about Japanese cars. Yeah, the they nostalgic They were a reason. total different kind of car. I mean, you had, you had muscle cars in a straight line that could go like nobody's business yeah. and then you get a, a Japanese car they go around curves and and even then some of them could go really fast in a straight line yeah that's true too I think the economy took an impact on that too I think the, the muscle car kind of took a back seat everyone's worried about it they wanted a family sedan I think yeah. I forgot who was talking about it I mean it was in another podcast on how people, they went away from the two-door thing and they wanted to get the four-door and they wanted to get the yeah. SUV and I think times has changed but <clears throat> now I really think muscle cars are making a comeback. Oh, it could it could very well be. I mean, and, I, and I you haven't know what been it ex- is? You know what it is? Guys like you and me with that the family sedan went through the phase, everybody needed that car. Are you know, some of those kids are getting older and You know you're right. They're they're going I think back you're right. to wait a minute. I want to I I I I had to give up that car 
to have the family vehicle, now I'm going back and getting my my muscle car. I think you're absolutely right. I think that's what it is. I think guys like this now are, are in that business. They're like, you know, when I was a kid, this is what muscle cars were. Yeah. Now they're in their 30s, 40s. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're telling themselves, we need to make muscle cars exciting again. Exactly. So I think this is for the, I think the first time in a long time that I'm not just excited about, you know, European cars. I'm not excited about Japanese cars. I'm actually excited about what's going on with the muscle car. And I, don't get me wrong. I think the passion has always been there. I think there's guys out there yeah. in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s who took muscle cars and they, they made them their own thing. But if you go to a track, you're going to see an old muscle car right. with a newer engine. It's just they want to get that classic yeah, look. exactly. But now, you look at the new Shelby GT500. Right. That's an insane car. It is. What did that one sell for? I think the first one off auction was one over a million dollars. That's insane. <laughs> Nuts. And the thing is... I can see someone paying that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But paying $2.1 million for the 001 Supra, sorry, no. It's just it's just a Toyota-badged <laughs> BMW Z4. That's all it is. Yeah. Bad idea. Yeah. But anyways, muscle cars. Right. Okay? So the well, new Mo- Ford Mustang Shelby GT500, 700 horsepower, supercharged, oh 5.2 liter V8, 0 to 60 in three and a half seconds. Oh, my gosh. $70,000. Really? That's it. That's what I'm telling you. It's insane. Wow. It's like they're getting kind of budget friendly, kind of the thing, but you're getting a lot of power. Now, is it a V8? You said it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a twin. I'm sorry, it's a supercharged V8. It's a, it's a seven, it's a five point two liter, and it's seven hundred horsepower plus. Man, that's insane. That's a, that's amazing, and it's all from the factory. Yeah. Like Ford's, like here you go, we're doing it, yeah. bam. But again, I'm excited about the the Ford. Okay. And they're not the only ones. Chevy's coming out with the ZL1. It's 650 horsepower, supercharged 6.2 liter V8, 0 to 60 in the same three and a half seconds, and it's $65,000. Now, is that going to be the, is it a is it a, a VET or is it a Stingray? This is a Camaro. This oh, is a Chevy you said Camaro. ZL1? ZL1. ZL1. Yep, 650 horsepower. Okay, because when you said ZL something, I thought you might be referring to the Not the ZR1. The ZR1. No, okay. this is a okay. ZL1. So it's a Camaro's, Camaro's version of basically their Corvette. Okay, I got you. The Dodge Demon. Now, okay, I've heard of that one. 800 plus horsepower, 6.2 liter V8 supercharged, 0 to 60 in 2.3 seconds, and oh it's $85,000. Oh, my God. Gosh. Now check this out. So you got these cars, right? They're sixty-five thousand, seventy thousand, eighty-five thousand dollars, right? For the Camaro, the Ford, and the Dodge. They're competing against each other. Okay. Right. Yeah. M- do you remember Hennessy Performance? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. You know about them, right? Yeah. Exactly. American Tune Company. They're based out of Sealy, Texas. Right. They took each of these cars. Oh no. And they they made their, souped them up. They made their own version. They made their own versions. Okay. Oh, and they're, I'm talking about they're putting in like. Thirty to fifty thousand dollars into these motors. So they took the Camaro ZL1 and they named it the Exorcist. Oh my god! These cars were on um, the Grand Tour on the first episode. Okay, a thousand horsepower. Holy crap! A thousand. That's insane. That's this like thing was Bugatti screaming. Veyron territory. The Ford Mustang they converted it to the RTR version, which is called Ready to Rock. Uh huh. Awesome name. I love it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like they're throwing it back. Yeah. yeah. I love it. What what is, what is the specs on that one? I didn't get the specs on it, uh-huh. but it's they just up they just up the supercharger. 
Like so, they just so made it bigger. You said it had 700 plus. Right. So now it's, he has even more. It's like, it's like I think it's close to 900 horsepower. That's that's a huge. That's, then the Dodge Demon. That's crazy. Man. They took the Dodge Demon. They put a bigger supercharger on it. <laughs> a thousand horsepower plus. I wonder if they have like just for the drag track. I keep saying that wrong. Drag strip. Right. If they have like compressed air to help feed that supercharger. I don't would, know. That man. would help. It would help definitely for sure. But I just I'm impressed with what Hennessy is doing. You know, they came out with their own car. <coughs> they came out with their own car, the Venom, yeah. and then the Venom GT. This thing was breaking records. Yeah. Left and right. You know? And I, I'm 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 excited what these guys are doing. I mean, they're making six wheel Velociraptors. Oh yeah. You know, oh, my Post gosh. Malone got the first one ordered. Yeah. I think I showed you that video. Well, see, there was the Velociraptor was the first one. The then, yeah, supercharged V eight. Well then they came out with a secondary one that Hennessy did for the newer one. It was it it wasn't the Velociraptor, it was called something else, wasn't it? No, it was called the Velociraptor. It just had a different it had a different V eight in it and it was a bigger it was like they had one with like seven hundred horsepower, then they came out with one with like eight hundred horsepower, then they came out with the six by six Velociraptor, which is the the one that Post Malone has. Right. Um, they just, they come out with all these different versions of these cars. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, they just, they have all these tuning specs. And like I said, you can spend 35 to $50,000 on a standard or even a, a high performance sports car and they'll make it even faster. I mean, they add, they're adding twin turbos to Lamborghinis and, That's insane. and Audi R8s. They're adding twin turbos, which by the way, they have to remove the back bumper. So you don't have a rear bumper on these cars, but who cares? You're going so fast, and you have all this power. It's insane. But I am excited about, like I said, muscle cars. I think they're making a comeback, like officially making a comeback. And I think you made a good point. I think it's because the guys that are our age or a little older yeah. are in those positions. Yeah. They say, hey, we got to bring the American muscle car back. Right. This is how we're going to do it. I want to throw a little curveball in this conversation. Okay. When you come, so when it comes to the drag strip, when you have a car sneak in like a Tesla, in in your opinion, do you think a car like the Tesla belongs on a drag strip? I don't think it belongs in a drag strip. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. I think it does belong in a drag strip, just not in that category. Right. Okay. I'm on the same page with you because I've seen videos where you've got amazing muscle cars. Yeah. I mean, even tuned cars. Like European, uh, Japanese cars, and I mean they're they're heads up, they're they're blowing cars out of the water left and right, and then you get this Tesla come up and it's so quiet, silent, but then it just bullets down there, blows the zero to sixty of these other guys off 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 track, you know, and then they're slowly catching up, but they sometimes they just can't make it because the instant torque of that electric car, you almost can't beat it, we- but but like you said. If you have a drag strip that is just for electric cars, that's completely different. But I I do agree that they do belong on a on a drag strip, uh-huh. just not maybe in the same category as a muscle car or a high performance European car. Right. Maybe in their own version for yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, like like for a typical drag strip, you have time tiers. Like if right. your your car is based on the number that you consistently run. Right, 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 right. So if you've got an electric vehicle that's doing the same thing, just run in the same categories with with electric vehicles. Side note, 
Would you buy an electric truck, like an F-150? Oh, absolutely. Ford's coming out with one. I'm not going to get into it because I'm not too excited about it. But, yeah, I think F-150 is going to come out with an electric version of a truck. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. All right. So, so Tesla's on a racetrack. Like I said, I don't think they belong with the drag strip or on a... With the muscle car. With the muscle car category. But I know there was a McLaren in the UK got together with a bunch of engineers and a bunch of, even they even got the fans involved about how electric cars are going to be able to, I mean, right now Volkswagen has an electric car that's breaking records. Um, There's an uphill climb, Mm -hmm. a mountain climb. Yeah. They hold the record for that for an electric vehicle, Volkswagen. Right. Then they're going to try to break the Nürburgring with an electric car. Uh, that they got, so I think the like, thing electric cars and electric racing is gonna get to a point right now. There's there is Formula E, mm-hmm. which is Formula One racing cars, but they're all electric. Right, it's out there. So um, are they gonna do like a crossover with gas and electric cars? Not a crossover. I think it's gonna be its own category. Okay, but I think as batteries get better, the technology gets better. Yeah. Um, I think we're gonna start seeing that more often now. In the U.S., we're not big on Formula One. No. Formula One is huge in the in in UK, yeah, in 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 Germany and in France and Italy. <clears throat> Formula One is is that's their type of racing, okay. Right. So McLaren went ahead and designed what it would be like in 2050, and they what they did was okay. Let's get all these engineers together and let's let's realistically think what racing would be in 2050. 2050. So this is. Nearly 30, 30 years, 31 years in okay, the future. So I'll be 52. Right. Okay. So I'll still be a young guy. I'll still be into this kind of stuff, right? <laughs> Let's hope so, right? But these, they're, they want these cars to go 310 miles an hour and to have shape-shifting bodywork and AI-enhanced strategy in the vehicle. That's incredible. So you're going to have a driver that's in a suit that's connected mm-hmm. with a helmet that's connected. Yeah. The car's connected to him or her mm-hmm. or to the driver. And the wheels are going to be electric as far as getting power. Right. And that's so the, how they the motors charge. will be right at the wheel. So you don't have to change tires. So that, that's, a, that's a different strategy. Really? You don't have to change batteries. Oh. The tracks are going to be built. It's going to be like a, like a track where it's going to constantly provide power to the wheels to the vehicle. So you're talking like they're going to have the same kind of tech that charges your phone wirelessly. They're going to have built into the track. Right. Okay. So Which, that's that would be pretty awesome. It would be awesome. So then you're going to have these cars that have shape-shifting aerodynamics. So as the driver is getting ready to overtake somebody, let's say he's drafting somebody and he wants to overtake. As soon as he even senses or feels like he's going to do it, the car will automatically streamline itself to get narrower to the, overtake. The, the car will hunker down. Right, so it's going to be the as slippery aerodyna- as possible. Right, the aerodynamics will change, and he'll take and he overtake the car, and then the car goes back to normal. Okay, and then because it's AI, and the cars are—I mean, they look insane. Look at this. What? Wow. Yeah, and, and the—I mean, if you guys get a chance, maybe I'll, we'll put it out on on Facebook or Twitter. We'll, we'll at uh, what's in your pod. We'll we'll put it up there if you want to check it out. But these cars are extremely awesome. The tracks are insane of course this is all theoretical but it's like this this is what it can't happen that technology is going to be there for this you know, you know what that reminds me of I'm, I'm a, what your your son and 
my best friend's son were over here at my house and they were playing with two cars on a track and they were electric cars on a track yeah and they have the little post at the bottom and they're literally two things that touch the ground that provide electricity to the car yeah so basically they're saying it's going to kind of be like it's going to be like that and, it, and it, what i think is kind of cool too is that because they want to get the fans interacting with the drivers the cars since they're you know they're 2050 and they're going to be more advanced they're going to have led you know body panels or whatever the car can change color right to show the emotion of the driver so the the car can be it can have white lighting you know as they're starting right yeah. but if a guy gets cut off and he gets upset car goes red Ooh, so yeah. not everyone in the stands even if you're watching it on TV we're like oh that guy's mad oh that's a good idea you yeah. know but the thing is is would we want that just for the fans or do you want that for the drivers why themselves? not well what if what if there's like somebody behind you coming up right and you're like determined to stay in first. Yeah. Is it, okay. But what if the guy in first place is like, oh God, I'm going to pee my pants. The guy's going to yeah, pass. Yeah, it turns yellow. You know, it turns yellow or you know? green. Or, green or blue. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a cool aspect of, of, of racing. I think it gets everyone involved. It, it gets everyone's. Because if you look at NASCAR now, it's just lap after lap after lap after lap. And you don't really see the aggression unless they're yeah. in the car with the camera on and they're smashing the, the thing or they get on the radio and you can hear them. That's I like that part of of NASCAR. Right. When you get to hear the driver's reaction, like, oh, he cut me off, or I, well, I can't get this straight, or I can't, I can't figure this out. You know, and they go into the pits and they're 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 changing the you know the the, the way the car handles it. I think that's cool. Right. But if we can see that in real time, like yes. I like I like when they show the the how when the driver is on the gas or on the brake or on the I like that because yeah. then it's like okay now I feel what's he doing how's he doing it how's the steering angle. I like that kind of technicality when it comes to racing. Right, because when, when you think about NASCAR, you don't typically think of them hitting the brakes that much. Oh, no, those guys are on the brakes, man. You got to be. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, but you think about it, they're they're going like 200-plus miles an hour. Close, yeah. And and so you're, you're, you're thinking you don't get to 200-something hitting the brakes, but you got to hit those corners. You got to hit them just right. Mm-hmm. And... You know, when it when it comes down to stuff like that and these these cars that have electric power, when they when they brake, electric cars are not going to be uh, braking the same way as a, a traditional car. They they can regenerate power, right? And then, but the acceleration on an electric car, that I instant know. torque, it's insane. It would. Could you imagine if NASCAR changed? electric well it'd be a different version like so i'm saying i i think <laughs> no, i don't just, think they'll ever cross just, just think you're no sitting way. in the stands like <laughs> it'd be the quietest sport ever you're like normally it's like no 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 and they go by and it's like <laughs> i was i was just thinking about that but like like yeah yeah yeah. wait a minute did they go by already i couldn't hear <laughs> it'd be like a golf game you know yeah and when, like, like whenever the they small by, it's just a, you know a golf clap, golf clap. I mean, in its own in its own way, it's laughable. But but I think I think like you're saying, when when we see something new like this take place, you know, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be something completely amazing. But you talked about the suit, and then being connected and having their emotions and everything reminded me of something else. What? Um, something that requires a suit now, or you can get a suit now, is. VR tech. 
Wait a minute, like Ready Player One? Like Ready Player One. It's it's gonna be like that caliber or something. Well, like let's not let's start yet. a little bit more basic. Okay. Okay, so So no crotch kicks. Well, maybe, but Ooh. it's not gonna be as severe. Okay. I got it. So I think there's a company out of Canada that's creating a suit that has I think right now it has about forty zones. Canada. Canada. Eh. It's got it's got forty zones that have pressure sensitive areas okay now what they're designed to do is they've got hard tubes that come up to the area and then it's like uh it's like a big whoopee cushion basically but it okay it violently increases the pressure onto you so it's almost like a like a blood pressure sleeve yes but but imagine that you have like a an air ram that'll push down very quickly to push that so it's it's more like a, a touch Okay. So you're not going to get like a hard, sharp impact. But You're not going to get flown across the room like in Back to the Future. Exactly. Okay. So they have a, they have a, a glove that they, they're demoing that as you wear it, uh, it also restricts the mobility of your fingers. Very cool. Okay. So, so like let's say in the game, I'm, lo- I'm, I'm looking through my VR headset. Right. And you got to grab I see something? A, I see a cup. Okay. Well, I reach out and then the servos will not let my hand close anymore. Oh, and see, it's exactly I like that. that's a, cool, man. Exactly the position of the cup. Wow. So instead of a controller where you reach over and you click and you yeah, try yeah, to yeah. like I'm close to grabbing it, now you're actually naturally reacting. But still, like even now with VR, like the the setup that you have, if you go to pick up something, you're still having to click two buttons. So it kind of right. feels like you're picking up something, but to have just your hand yes. grab something and then not yes. be able to squeeze it. Because they got tech coming out with, um, I think Oculus is working with their, it's called, it's like eyesight. There's actually cameras on the headset. Okay. So you can just have your hands out and it can motion track your individual fingers. Ooh. So that in itself, your hands are now the controllers, but you still have to hold your hand. Like you can close your fist, but your, Uh your, your hand in the game is grasping something. That's cool, man. But but your your hand is not feeling it. It's like a phantom thing that you're holding. So this glove is going to give you that tactile sensation like you're actually grabbing something. But then we flip it over. Let's say I meet you in a virtual environment. I reach my hand out, you reach your hand out. Right. The pressure sense system of the suit will simulate pressure on your hand. As you go to grab my hand. Wow. So it's like the simulation of a real handshake. So are they doing other parts other than just the hand? Well, the, like the, the, suit the, right now, the suit right now is mainly the chest area, right? The, the upper thigh and back thigh, the shins and the feet. And so you have large zones right now. Okay. Because this thing's got like a, it's the equivalent of a 10-gallon air system. So it's not like a home-friendly version. No, this is this is like a setup that you would go to to have an experience. Okay, so, so kind of like an arcade experience. Type exactly. Thing. Okay, okay. Exactly. Okay. Um, and then on top of this, you have to have the air delivery. So it is it is going to be tethered. So what if you did it with like CO two canisters? Well, you'd have to be able to have something that could deliver it proportionately and then relieve it. So, uh, so with the you. system, it's like you, the you. piston pushes down, adds pressure, and then it can let off, and then it can do it again consistently. Mm. So it's it's interesting, but or like a battery powered 
boost or vacuum something <laughs> on, on this on the suit itself. I don't know. Right, but this is more for just simple immersion. Um, right. L- this is the this is the beginning of VR suits. Basically. E- exactly. Now 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 later on when they're able to miniaturize stuff like this or have it react in some way electronically rather than with with air is probably going to take the place. But I the um the what's the word I'm looking for? Prototype. Oh, prototype. Okay. Prototype, you literally have a cable coming up off the back of this guy, and it's tethered to the ceiling, and it's it's probably about the size around as a soup can. has all these cables coming into it to give the sensation of the environment around you. Now, the benefit of having tubes that run to all different areas of the body is you're also able to regulate temperature. So you can make it cold or hot. You can make it cold or hot. So in your game, you step outside and it's cold. All of a sudden, your suit gets cold. So I can see the aspect of that, like at an arcade or something, like some kind of VR experience. I gotcha. So this this is like their first step of not see. First, it was just a vision, Mm -hmm. you know, moving your head and it and it tracking properly. Then the second was the controls to represent your hands. That was the second is environmental uh, interaction. Now. Now the next thing now is getting you know there, there's apps that are uh, uh, attachments that you can get to put on your feet, so you can you can track your body in more realistic ways. Okay. So now they're adding in the suit, and then of course with that they add tracking points on the suit, so that it can real time track your body. So like when you look down at what your arm would be, you could have your arm up, but the game thinks your arms down. You know, because your controller's up in the air, it, it is not. It's not exactly tracking the, the. You know, you can twist your arm, so it may not be that way. But with the suit having tracking on it, you can you can more accurately track the position of your body. That's neat. So so when you put this on, you'll see like full limbs. You can make a, a not an av- just an hands. avatar that looks exactly like you. And get to the point where you're really fooling yourself whether you've taken the headset off or not. I don't think so. Mine's going to look like a Michelin man. That's what I'm going to look like in VR. <laughs> no, man. Well, I mean, but it's it's just interesting that the, the direction that this could possibly go to. Yeah, I could see other other aspects of that being used in the real world, too. But one thing that I thought was fantastic that they said that they were going to do is that they were going to use this to help um, people that have lost limbs to get over phantom pains. Yeah. like Because um, sometimes when you don't have an arm there, not being able to see it, right? it helps with, with being able to have that, that sensation that something's there. So, you know, seeing their arm, even though they may not be able to track that arm exactly, but having the representation of their arm there, is going to be huge. Well, you saw what VR is doing now too, right? And I think it was in um, something's going on. I don't know if it was in in overseas or in China or Japan somewhere. They're using VR to get people walking again. People oh, really? who have been people who have been paralyzed in that mm-hmm. in an accident that had some kind of spinal injury, and they're no longer able to walk. They'll put them in a VR suit, and they'll put their legs in a in a machine that. Will make the will make their legs pretend like they're walking. So they'll literally make the machine will make them walk on a treadmill, and they're supported because they can't support their own weight because they can't walk. Right. 
So they put on a VR headset that makes them look like they're walking in a park or on a street, you know, on a sidewalk. They're just walking. With the brain looking and seeing that you're walking. Right. And your legs feeling the motion of moving. Yeah. The brain makes tries to make the connection with your spinal cord or your legs thinking, okay, my legs are moving, but I'm the brain... Basically, the brain makes a connection, and eventually they start to walk again. That's insane. Isn't that awesome? That's amazing. Same thing with their arms. Like, they'll they'll make them swim, or they'll make them do things, and they're using this VR headset, and they're able to move, and all of a sudden, within a few few months... That's amazing. They're up and walking again, because their brain has finally made the connection. That's incredible. That's odd. to me that blows my mind. The the um the same article I read, let me uh let me pull this up. The VR system that they're hoping to use with paraplegic people will allow them to be able to program complex algorithms based on the the user's brain activity and the movement of a hand in VR. You see? So, let's say that you have one arm, but the right. other arm's been cut off. Right. So they're saying Mirror your hand. So whatever this hand does, the other one does in VR. Okay. So it's like, okay, imagine using both hands. Yeah. So you're grasping, you're going through all this stuff. Okay. It's it's like you're using two hands at the same time for everything. Right. They're taking those measurements for for your other hand, and then they're going to program something with all those... Like a bionic arm? By by bionic arm. Oh, yeah. And and so now this is going to be controlled possibly by your brain, but it's it's only going to be possible if you have that realistic environment in which to train it. Well, they have that now. I mean, they have people with bionic arms. It's just really, really expensive, and oh, they're yeah. not always accurate. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Would you see that girl that had the tentacle? Um. No. Yeah. It, that was so cool. It was. She had one, and instead of instead of a hand, it was like literally this long thing that could just just one one big bendable arm. It could bend in all huh. directions. And I it, saw the one where the girl had like an actual hand, but it was like it was really thin and tiny. Like it wasn't. It didn't look natural. Right. Yeah. But she was able to. She was able to move her fingers like she was like moving up. You know. Yeah. Like a caterpillar kind of thing. You know. And she was able to pick things up and. But she couldn't tell how hot something was or how cold right. something yeah. was. But she was able to pick stuff up, you know, pick stuff up with right. a bionic arm. That's I thought awesome. that was, but it's you know, it's it's stupid expensive. It's just probably some kind of prototype. Yeah. But I I just think with VR be kind of cool to program stuff like that, you know, and maybe you know now with with three D models and three D print, it's definitely going to be possible. The the applications that you can get from doing that just surpass what what we thought was possible 10 years ago. I wonder if AI is going to have a play in, in VR or, or AI making a play in, in your bionic arm. Like, what if you like you have a bionic arm and you're about to sneeze and you're, the, the AI knows that you're going to sneeze and it goes and the arm just reaches for a tissue before you even think about it and just puts <laughs> it up to your nose, you know? The only thing I don't want AI getting involved with things is you're going to get... You're gonna get an advertisement from your arm the next thing you know. Like you look at your down your watch and it's like tissues for Kleenex. Yeah, exactly. Or you go to tie your shoes, like you need new shoes. Right. You should get it this brand, you know. Or if AI what if AI starts doing telemarketing calls? God. Because telemarketing now is, is getting out of hand. Well, but between, if AI got involved? Yeah, between telemarketers and people trying to scam older people out of their money, it just 
it's one of those things that makes you sick. Have you ever had that experience? I know I have. Oh yeah. Oh, actually, I've got a good story. Okay. About telemarketers. Okay. My father. Now this is back when things weren't as overly sensitive and politically correct as they are now. But um, my dad, we used to get calls all the time from like um, companies like like for satellite. Satellite was just coming out. It was big. Okay. And so. My dad was getting call- calls like every other day. <laughs> so my dad's like, okay, you know, I'm going to have some fun with this. So he gets on the phone, and this, l- this lady's trying to sell him a satellite dish and everything. Oh, it was a lady? Yeah, it was a lady. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, Uh-oh. So he's on there, and he, he he's just like, you know, he's like, what what are you trying to sell? You know, my dad's not old at the time, yeah, but yeah, he yeah. was playing. It was like, what are you trying to sell me? <laughs> Like we're trying to sell you some satellite dish, a satellite dish. You're like, I've got a whole set of dishes. I don't need any more dishes. <laughs> and then the lady's like, no, sir, I'm trying to sell you something for television. You're like, I don't need a TV. I've got a TV. What does that have to do with dishes? You know, wow. the lady was just like, okay, l- let me he explain. He took her for a ride. He man. took her for a ride. And so, like, he goes on and he goes, well, if you're just going to sell me one dish, you know, I got a I got a family of four. I need at least four dishes. Oh my she's, goodness! She's like, no, 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 no. This is this is the thing that catches a signal from space, and it provides television channels for you. He's like, I don't need no plates with astronauts on them. You know, he just he just kept going <laughs> on and on and on. And then she's like, well, eat. You know, your dish will allow you to have up to I think at the time it was like eighty channels. Whoa, eighty! It was back Man, in the, back in the day. That's awesome. And it was so funny because he's like, "What is a plate eat channels for? Is that going to help like control where the grease goes off the plate?" <laughs> what? <laughs> Dude, he's taking it with a left field. I man. mean, he had he had a, it was it was so great, and uh, you know, eventually, eventually, the lady figured out that he was just he was just wasting her time, and, and she's like, "Are you? Do you want one of these?" He's like, no. No, don't don't call me back. Yeah, I, I mess with telemarketers all the time, man. Like, if I have the time. I'll mess with them. Yeah. I was at work, and this guy just this guy just kept calling, yeah. you know, and kept calling and kept calling. And uh, guys, I don't want to stereotype, but this is just facts, okay? It was an Indian guy. You could tell they were in India, and he's like, you know, hello, my name is John, and it's like, dude, your name's not John, right? Okay, that's just but, okay. To make it easier for yeah. us. What, what, what you got? He goes, oh, we just they, they start asking you questions about you know we know what do you do for work and how much you make so I was like you know what? I'm gonna mess with this guy because I I know where this is going no no I think he came on he goes we're offering uh, interest interest free or uh, very low interest loans too good to be true right like it's like okay yeah whatever <laughs> now no I don't think it's a scam I think it was a legit business just trying to get people loans at a low interest and just make some money right even and, then uh, it just it just sounded too shady it just it, it was well, I wouldn't say shady. He wasn't trying to scam. He wasn't asking me for money. He was just wanted to say, "Hey, do you want a loan at a low rate?" Right. So I was like, "Yeah, sure. What you got?" And he goes, "Well, I need to ask you a few questions about your income." Da da da. He goes, "You know, what do you do for a living?" I was like, "Oh, I'm a CEO of a tech company." Well, that's wonderful, sir. How much do you make? I was like, "I make fifty grand a month." Holy crap! He's like, he's like, "Oh, what? This is fantastic!" So he's getting, he's getting giggity. He's getting excited. He's getting excited. <laughs> you're pulling so, the you're pulling the wool over his eyes really so well. So he, he starts asking me, you know, oh, well, can, can I have your can I have your full name? And I was like, oh, John Smith, you know, John's the typical, right? Hey, that's exactly what my name hey, is. Exactly, right? <laughs> you should have gave him his name back. <laughs> and then I should have given him like a, like like an Indian name, you know? Yeah. 
Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, so he started asking me all these questions, you know. Where do you live? Oh, a 123 Main Street. 123 Main okay. Street. Well, where? Two. I was like, uh, North Main, United States. Like, it was just like. North Main? Yeah, exactly. I was just giving them some, uh, just a bunch of just, you know, f- non-facts, you yeah, know. Just filling in the form. Right, blindly. just fill, fill out the form. And he goes, uh, what's the zip code there? <laughs> yeah, I was like, 0001. You know? <laughs> it was the first zip code. It, like, <laughs> <laughs> it was just, just nonstop, right? Was, and my coworkers are dying. They're, I mean, they're they're just dying. And I'm already on the phone with this guy for like 15 minutes. I got him on speaker. Yeah. The whole store is listening. <laughs> and uh, he goes, oh, look, is there, how much would you like? I said, I don't know. Let's go crazy. Give me a million dollars. Oh, my God. He's like, well, so I was like, why not? I was like, I can afford it. I was like, you 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 put that million dollars out twenty years. I was like, you know, I could pay that off, no problem. He goes, okay. Well, can I ask what you're gonna use it for? <laughs> I was like, I'm just gonna go to Vegas and and put it all on black, <laughs> just one shot, <laughs> just take my chances. <laughs> and he was like, uh, okay, so, uh, hold on. <laughs> so the guy puts me on hold like immediately, right? You should you shouldn't have said black. You should put it on the double zero. Double zero, because that's even worse. <laughs> that's odds. even worse, right? <laughs> so he gets his boss, and it's a, and it's a British guy. He could tell this guy. Yeah, he's straight up from England. Uh-huh. Uh, sir, I, I, can I, I, you know, congratulations on getting pre-approved for your loan. You know, um, your social hasn't come back yet because I gave him a you know one two three four five six seven eight nine social. You know? Okay, yeah. I was like, that's okay. It's, it, it's legit, you know. I'll, I'll just wait. You know, I'm probably getting sent to some fraud. I gave him some, you know, some. some you should have. You should have told him I've got one of those, you know, security things exactly. for my identity. I was like, yeah, I got some security what it on is. my some security, you know, stuff on my social. <laughs> he goes, "Can I ask what you use the money for?" I was like, "I'm going to take it all to Vegas, man. I'm going to bet it out on black. It's one shot." <laughs> He's like, "Sir, well, you're, you're that's kind of a high risk." I was like, "It's my money. It's my loan. That's right. I'm going to pay it back. I'm going to pay it back, probably." I was like, and if I die, so what? I don't care. I'm dead. Love it. He's like, uh, sir, I think we're going to have to deny your loan. I was like, all right, well, thanks. You know, have a good day. And he hung up. Oh, that's so good. And then like 30 minutes later, they call back. Yeah. Same guy. Or it's a different guy. Also named John. No like, way. Dude, your name's not John, man. <laughs> He's like, oh, we're offering these free and low, you know, low interest free loans or whatever. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, do you guys prove my loan? Because I already got approved for a million dollars. I was going to go to Vegas and bet it all on black. He goes, oh, sir, we heard about you. No, I think your loan got denied. I'm sorry. We won't call back again. My, oh, that's hilarious. My story went around the office in oh, India. Oh, hilarious. I like messing with telemarketers, yeah. man. Now, something that is a little bit more serious but is still just as fun is when they try to scam you. Yeah, I don't like that. It, it's, you know, because it's a different if, – if they're if they're just a telemarketer and they're just a nuisance – you know, playing with them, you're playing with them nice. Right. But when, when somebody is legitimately trying to steal your money. That's not cool. That's not cool. My, uh, I had two people I know. One was my mom and another was a good friend of mine. Both had telemark or not telemark scammers try to call them. And they pose as somebody from Microsoft. Now, when was the last time you had somebody call you from Microsoft and say, uh, your, your Windows key is invalid. You have to buy it again. I don't mess with Windows, but I never. Yeah, never. No, Microsoft I, I will not call you. I mean, Apple won't even call me. No, exactly. So you put your the, password in wrong too many times. What's going on? You know. Yeah, that's that's about the only thing. And even then, you have to contact them to get it. Exactly. Resolved. You get you get an email and say, "Hey, you got to recover your own exactly. password." Exactly. No one, no one calls. Exactly. So, I'm like, okay, 
give me the phone number they gave you. I'm going to call them back. I call this guy, and of course, like you said, he gave me an unusual name. And he, he was telling me, he's like, okay, you, your Windows key has expired, and you gotta, you got to use it and everything because it's, it's just not going to work. And I said, okay, okay. All right, all right. Well, let me let me let me find my uh, my checkbook, and I'm like making sounds with papers and everything, and making he, it sound legit. Making it sound legit and everything. He goes, "Sir, what's taking so long?" I'm like, "I got all this money in here, and I can't get to my checkbook." And I'm like, "I'm like, just <laughs> like, I got I got to unlock my I gotta, safe. I got my hundreds out of the way, you know." I'm like, you know, like finally, like, like, okay, I got my checkbook, and he goes, "No, sir, I can't use your checkbook." He's like, It'll, it's only we only can use your credit card. Oh wow! He, it was very strange. They asked specifically for my credit card. That's crazy. And uh, and I said, okay, okay, hang on, you know. So I'm like making all these noises. I'm like, right. I'm like which one do you want? He was like, any of them. I like, I got like forty credit cards here. Oh my goodness! And I'm like, I'm like, okay, this I don't want to use. Salivating I don't want right to use the black one. I don't. I want to use this one. I was like, this one doesn't have a credit line. Does it matter if it has a credit line or not? He goes, wow. no, no, the one with no credit line is great. Use that one. Wow. And I'm like, okay, wait, wait, like, hang on just a second. One, two, three, four, five. I got five with no credit line. Which one do you want me to use? Wow. He's like, give me the one with the the um the the newest one you got. The of one, course, yeah. With the, the one with the date. most furthest yeah. off expiration date. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, wow. both. I said both of these have one that expires, and I, I think at the time I gave it like a four year window. And I mean, and this guy, he like you said that one, he was getting excited. And they, get, they get giggity, man. <laughs> and it was so funny. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, all right. Let me know when you're ready. So I had legitimately pulled out a credit card from my wallet, and I read the first for first eight numbers, like half of the numbers. You know they can't get anything off of that, so and then I'm like, I'm like, man, this this card's all smudged. They can't read it. Well, and the I first mean, four are typical to Visa or Mastercard, right. and the next four is a region, and then the <laughs> last four or the last eight are for yeah, personal, security. yeah, yeah. So so basically, I let him know it was a real card if he had some way of verifying that, and so like then I start toying with him. I'm like, I think that's a seven. I can't tell like the silver's worn off. I'm like, what is that? Is that a pitchfork? Oh you know, and goodness. I just start I just start saying these random things and all this kind of stuff. The guy started coming unglued. Yeah, I would too. I mean, he was just like you could hear it was like he was like sitting on the edge of his seat, like, come on, come on, come on, just give me the next number. Just give me the next one. Wow. What the next one? Come on. Even if you don't know what it is, tell me and I'll try to run it and see if it's right. And I'm just like, like, calm down, man. I I'm having trouble seeing here. And then I'm like, let me get my magnifying glass and I'm like throwing papers around over here. Oh my goodness. And then I just start making excuses and stretching it out and stretching it out. And the guy's like, are you going to give me the card number or not? And I'm like, hey. hey. Wow. I was like, calm down, man. I, I, I don't want my Windows to lock up on me. <laughs> what what great customer service from Microsoft Windows. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> but oh my, it was so funny, man. And then I was like, oh, oh, I figured out what the number is. Click. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I, said, I, said I, I figured out what this number is. I said, this is the number that you're not supposed to call because you're not really Microsoft. Wow. And and then of course he immediately got hostile Defensive, and yeah. started cussing and swearing and everything else. And I'm like and I'm like, you know what? At least I can say this. I'm I'm an upstanding person who works for an honest living. You can never say that you are an honest person. You you may be okay with it, but you know what? You do know. You do know that you're that person that yeah. you can. Nobody will really trust you because of the kind of person you are, and and you have to live with that. 
And I they said, don't care, and, man. He doesn't care, they but I'm like, care. you know, all right, I have my say. I wasted your time. I'll just hang up and, and I, call and somebody else. That's yeah. crazy. I remember getting a couple of scam calls. I think one of them I just kind of... Uh, I, just, I told them to just, you know, quit calling me. And yeah. um, I, I've, once in a while, I'll I'll mess with them. You know, I'll give them false information, you know. I'll be like, you know what? I got your location. I'm calling the cops, you know. And they'll <laughs> hang up, you know. But I think I think one time I was definitely able to, to toy with them for like a good hour. I think the same thing. I was giving them false credit card numbers and <laughs> false addresses and false socials and I'm like, you know, I, I know what you're doing, you know, and they immediately just hang up, you know, yeah. they definitely, definitely don't call you back. Um, yeah, I, I think people can just get too gullible. My wife will get an email and be like, oh, they want me to send this. I'm like, no, that's not legit. Like, don't even don't even think about it. Yeah. It's out there, man. I mean, we got hacked a couple of weeks ago. Someone, someone. Uh, Where you work? No, uh, my wife, actually. Her, really? Her PayPal got hacked. They what? changed They changed the language on it, and then they. They don't start, okay. They changed the language first, and then they asked for five hundred dollars out of our checking account. So they put five hundred dollars in our pay in her PayPal, uh-huh. and the bank needed to approve it first. Oh, so that I, saved your bacon, right? So then the the and it was like on a Friday or over a holiday. So the bank had to open before them to approve it. Once it was approved, then PayPal then they they can use the PayPal account, right? So I'm looking at my account. I'm like, why is it five hundred dollars less? And it's like PayPal, PayPal. What the heck? So you know, sure enough, that's you, what happened. Yeah, so you she caught called it, you PayPal. Caught it too late. Yeah. PayPal's like, okay, well, you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll let this post, um, but uh, let your bank know. So I told the bank. The bank gave me a five hundred dollar credit. It went through, but PayPal stopped the transaction from happening. Then PayPal reversed it. Then it took them like another eight days for me to get my five hundred dollars back. Right. I had to call the bank and have them Man. pull the five hundred dollars out. But hey, at least it at least it resolved. It worked itself. out. Yeah. yeah. I told my wife, I'm like, honey, change your password on your PayPal. Change your password on your email because they got in with her email, obviously. Yeah. I was like, you know, what else do you use that password for? Yeah. I think I'm gonna start using that encryption stuff that you use on 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 Apple. You can use an encryption code. Yeah. But that the, you know those encryption keys don't follow all the same rules when it comes to online passwords you gotta yeah. have like an exclamation point and that doesn't have it yeah or a symbol um, or uppercase yeah. lowercase yeah. i like the facial id thing though yeah i think i think that's going to be a big step in into avoiding you know scams and and, and your security my phone won't unlock unless i'm looking at it i think that's fantastic even when i want to purchase an app if i have to double click yeah if i'm looking away it won't do it i have to look at the phone you know, I think that's why you, the thing you're talking about, like with heads-up displays or VR technology, with with eye tracking. Yeah, it's there, man. I, th- I think it's gonna it's gonna get there. Word point where it's gonna be very very secure in the future when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I'm excited. It's crazy that they have that stuff. Out I there. think everything should just be DNA. You should just have a little pinprick <laughs> on your computer when you ever want to buy something. Just prick your finger. Okay, that, that's you. Buy it. You by know, the way, there's that you, four dollar cord you, you want to get, get from your Amazon. glucose checked. What's that? So by the way, you need to get your glucose checked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's the episode this week. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us again. Don't forget to check us out on social media at What's in Your Pod at Facebook and Twitter, and hopefully we'll have this um, episode up by Monday. Yeah, definitely by Monday. Of course, Monday. if you're I listening think, to it now, it's probably already there. Yeah, I think Mondays is going to be our upload date, you know, Sunday night, Monday morning. Um, so look for us on uh, on Anchor for sure and pretty much everywhere else you listen to podcasts. All right, thanks, guys, and have a good one. See you.